Welcome back, everyone, to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald, the only place to get your Florida Keys prep sports news and history. You can find this podcast every Thursday at keysweekly.com. Please share and like. You can find me on Facebook at Florida Keys and Key West High School Sports History. You could also hear this live, not so live, on the radio, WKWF AM 1600, 8 AM on Saturdays, WKWFM. 103.3 FM. So you could hear this show on the radio. You could hear it at thekeysweekly.com. The most important thing is that somebody's listening and I'm getting a lot of feedback. You could email me at sports at keysweekly.com and I will get back to you. I've had a lot of great show ideas and I've gotten a lot of great feedback uh, from there. That is sports at keysweekly.com. I'd also like to thank the Keys Weekly for allowing me to put on this podcast and it has been so much fun and Today's a big day in the podcast, and I'm going to get there a little bit later. I also want you guys to check out the Keys Weekly newspaper. A lot of you guys get it at your house every Thursday. I know in Marathon, I get it delivered, and I'm very grateful to see it. And if you look inside, you're going to get the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap, where my better half, Tracy McDonald, does um, does all of the sports writing there, and she's going to get you caught up in all the prep sports because... Honestly, I'm not going to be able to go into it. The podcast that we have today is a little bit lengthy, um, so I'm not going to recap everything. I'm going to implore you guys to get the print edition to see last week's results, next week's schedule, who the athlete of the week is, what's going on at our three local high schools, because on the podcast is going to be broken down over the next two weeks. We have Key West High School baseball manager, Ralph Enriquez. Now, Coming to the Keys in 1997 to go teach at Sugarloaf, um, I moved into the Keys and I really didn't know too much. One thing I did know, Key West High School is good at baseball. And the more things change, the more they stay the same. And Key West High School is good at baseball. They're looking at making a run this year at the state championship. The coach in 1997, coincidentally enough, is the same coach in 2023 today. And that's Coach Enriquez. And And as a follower of local sports, it's someone that I've always, as a coach, I've always looked up to and didn't, and sort of was like a mystery to me. You know, I I really didn't know his story. I didn't know his background. And, and I was really fortunate to spend about two hours talking to coach Enriquez and you guys are going to hear the interview. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, I had no idea about a lot of it. I want you guys to sit back and, and you're going to hear some a great story about Coach Enriquez coming up in Key West, very similar to the same age as Coach Robert James, who you heard on this podcast. I think they both graduated from Key, uh, from Key West High School in 1975, and Coach Enriquez went on to play minor league baseball. He went on to play college baseball, and, and you're going to hear everything about it. You're going to hear about his state championship teams. You're going to hear about him going to Mary Immaculate. You know, he uh, was at Mary Immaculate for ninth and 10th grade. And then he went to Key West High School and everything that happened there. So listen, sit back, enjoy. I know that I enjoyed interviewing him. You guys are going to hear part one this week. Next week, we're going to put out part two. So uh, please enjoy. And here we are, everybody. It's it's a big day for the podcast. It's a big day for me. You know, if you guys are listening, you know, I've been uh, coaching in the Keys and teaching in the Keys since 1997. And uh, 
the most prominent coach during that whole time period, at least in, in my mind, is going to be on the podcast today. That's Coach Ralph Enriquez. Coach, how are you doing today, sir? Good morning. Um, so we have Coach Enriquez. He is at the helm of the Key West High baseball, conk baseball team. And they're coming off of a very good weekend. Bartow came to town. And Coach, you got two wins against Bartow, 8 nothing Friday night, and a close one, 2-1 to one Saturday night. What are your initial feelings on that, Coach? Uh, well, uh, Friday night we uh, had uh, a very strong pitching performance from uh, Lucky Barroso, who gave us five innings, and then uh, Felix Ong gave us two innings, and both of these guys combined for a no-hitter against Bartow. Uh, And uh, we played well. We swung the bats well. We had, uh, you know, some strong hitting in the middle, latter part of the lineup um, as well. And, uh, And we just played, you know, good, sound baseball. And then Saturday night, um, you know, Bartow was a totally different team, which I had warned our guys about. Uh, and, uh, and we played a good ball game, a close ball game. Uh, Jacob Burnham pitched a, a good, strong five innings for us. We were winning two nothing. Uh, they came up with a couple of base hits and, uh, they're in the uh, sixth inning and went up, uh, got on us for a run and it was two to one. And, um, and then we was able to hang on, and Anthony Lyris came in and got the save uh, for us, and we squeaked out uh, a two-to-one win. So that was a good uh, two-win weekend for us there to hopefully help us with the max preps, with the uh, rankings, and uh, what goes on now in, in high school baseball. We're going to go back in time, you know, today, and we're going to talk about a lot of things in the past. And, and right now we're talking about your present day baseball team and, and you've been through so many changes in your career and, and we're going to get to that. But the max prep power rankings now seem to be driving everything. Don't you think coach? Yes. uh, You know, I know, you know, change, uh, is inevitable. Uh, I'm just not really, um, I'm really not a fan of it, to be honest with you, Sean. Uh, you know, it just puts so much emphasis uh, on uh, on teams having to play certain teams. You can't play teams with, um, you know, a, a lesser tradition, a lesser strength and schedule because it, it doesn't help you. You have to have a very strong strength and schedule, which I, which I agree with. I, I, I like playing you know, power teams and, uh, and our schedule definitely reflects that, uh, and which that part I'm okay with, but just a part of not playing in a district or a conference, uh, it just puts a lot of pressure on, on high school teams and coaches that every game, uh, you, you have to win. You can't give opportunities to other players to develop them, to put them in ball games, uh, versus, you know, you're playing a non-district game, uh, a non-conference game and you want to go ahead and give a player an opportunity um, to play, to develop and knowing, well, you know, next year this young man's going to have to step in and play this role for us here. Um, you know, they kind of gotten away from that and, and it's now just every game is game seven of the World Series and you have to win because your rankings will, will reflect it. And then what happens is uh, in the playoffs uh, method, of determining uh, where you're seated at in your district, it goes by these rankings. And, of course, you want to be number one because you could draw a bye. Uh, you don't want to wind up having to play the second or the third best 
team in the conference because on any given day, anything can happen. And you just kind of want to help yourself, put yourself and your ball club in a better situation come the playoffs. And this is what this has done. Uh, I just prefer um, the old-fashioned way of uh, you have, you know, six, seven teams or five teams in your district. You play a, a home and away. That's 10 games of the season. And it also helps makes it a little bit easier for scheduling for other clubs. You know, we don't have that issue. But for some other teams, um, you know, scheduling does become a problem because mm-hmm. some teams will not want to play them uh, or give them a ball game. Not that they don't want to play them, but won't give them a ball game because they know it's not advantageous to them and to their strength and schedule and to their season. So it, it's really gotten away, I think, a little bit, you know, from what high school baseball should be and how it should be played and in and, and the process, how it should work. Well, talking about process and, and high school baseball, let's let's talk about let's go back in time a little bit and let's let's talk about you. And you grew up in Key West. If, if my research is correct, coach, you graduated from Key West High School in 1975. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So growing up in Key West, I guess. So that would be in the 60s. You're a kid in the early 70s. You know, you're you're reaching sort of of uh, at, manhood i guess what was that like for you growing up in key west during that time of the 1960s well i think it was fantastic um you know a lot different than today uh but i was uh i'm going to consider myself very fortunate and and blessed uh when i grew up in key west it was you know key west was like you know more of uh the hometown key west uh, the old Key Westers, uh, people uh, in the neighborhood had doors open, windows open, people were outside. It was was a different type of lifestyle, obviously. You know, everything has sped up a lot since then. But Little League Baseball was was a dream. Uh, Every single night we'd be, we only had three fields at the time. Um, and, um, And it was just constant, constant, constant baseball, baseball. Uh, every night going out to the little league fields to see the teams play. And you had so many teams. Uh, I was, I was fortunate that every league I played in, I played for very, very good baseball coaches, starting with, which I remember this, uh, when I was, you know, eight and nine years old, uh, I played for VFW, which was, uh, Dr. Ralph, uh, Greesom. Um, and he was a Cal Proctor in Key West, loved baseball, and uh, we had some very, very good players. Uh, but when I went to Little League, which was 10, 11, and 12, with the three years you spent there, uh, I was very fortunate. I played for Clayton Sterling, uh, who Mr. Sterling was an excellent baseball man, and a super disciplinarian. Um, you know, you, uh, were petrified of, of, of Clayton. Uh, he's just a big stature of a man and everybody knew the type of baseball person he was. And, uh, and all his teams were very, very good. Um, uh, and actually, I, now that I recall this, I actually, I started when I was seven years old as a bat boy for, uh, for Clayton. Uh, and, uh, so that was really my beginnings of, uh, of discipline and baseball and knowing how to play baseball was from the age of seven years old with a man like Mr. Sterling. 
and then you know going to the pony league where you were 13 and 14 um and and the teams were so competitive and we had so many teams and you had you know the selection of the all-stars the american Mm -hmm. league and the national league um and and you really had to earn your way and you had to play you know high level baseball and then if you were fortunate to win in your region you got to leave key west and go and play in the little league all-stars to represent your city and and that was such of a big thing i mean i mean you were 24 7 just little league all-stars little league all-stars and going away to to try to win and get a spot to represent your city in key west and even back then sean we had the military, which had a big presence in Key West, and um, and they had the military little league, which had oh seven, eight, maybe ten teams in it, and you had to beat them to qualify because they were also involved in the little league uh, system of Florida Little League to go to represent their city, and uh, and we had to beat them, and then once you beat them. You had to go and beat uh, teams in the Miami region. And then if you beat the teams in the Miami region, then you got to go away to the Little League uh, state playoffs and represent your, t- your hometown. And and it was so competitive, and you knew all the players. You knew who they were. Uh, like I said, we even had a waiting list of kids to get in because we had like 12 teams in the Little League per division and and it was you know and key west was a lot different back then than what it was to what it is today um and um and it was just uh it was just a great time to grow up here in key west and and to play baseball and 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 you know and i see the 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 changes uh over the years uh with little league and now you have you know the intrusion of uh of travel ball and, and things like that, which is highly different. Um, it, it's, it's, it's come a long way and, and, and different in, in the growth of it, uh, which is very big, uh, today. Uh, but, uh, I really enjoyed my years growing up in Key West in the sixties and little league and, and being very, you know, blessed as I say to have had, these type of mentors and growing up and looking up to these men and respected these men and, and what they, what they, you know, demanded of you. When, when you talk about growing up in Key West and playing little league baseball, what was the impact of Key West high school baseball on you as a youth when you were playing little league? Did you and your friends go watch the high school game? And what was your thought of those guys? Oh, yes. We, we live and die baseball, you know, every single day. Um, you know, when we were in Little League, we would go uh, to the high school games. And, uh, and of course, you know, uh, everybody that I knew of that we were little, little, little guys. Uh, and we always looked up to players. And, uh, and there was, you know, the high school teams here uh, back in, in the late 60s. Uh, especially in 69, you know, we would go, uh, our parents would take us to the high school ball games and coach Defingen was, was the coach at the time, uh, when I started going out to the high school games in the, in the late sixties. And, um, and, you know, and of course everybody wanted to go see Randy Sterling pitch. Uh, and, and of course, you know, he was, you know, the third overall pick in the country when he graduated in 69, um, but the thing is, it was just, you know, the high school, 
team, the players, the uniforms, the the the, the way they went about playing, uh, and it was just it was just amazing. I mean, you, you you just looked up to these guys, and you just couldn't wait the day to come where you would come from the little leagues to go into, you know, the high school level and uh, and and play baseball. But Sean, it even goes even beyond that because you know here you know back in that era we had you know two higher levels of baseball other than just um our little league pony league system we had the high school which was the next jump you know for the little leaguers and pony league players and and couldn't wait to come over here and play at the high school stadium and 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 follow the footsteps of these great players but we also had minor league baseball where you had you know, uh, we had in Key West, we had the Sun Caps, which is an independent club. We had the the, uh, Chicago, the, the, the Cubs here. We had, uh, you know, San Diego here. We had different uh, different minor league teams. And we would, if we won at the high school field, we were at the old Wickers field, which is now the George Meyer football complex mm-hmm. uh, and soft, men's softball field. And we would be on that wall there chasing foul balls and, uh, accumulating baseballs so we could have baseballs to go play with at <laughs> Bayview Park and, and watching uh, the players uh, that came in and, and emulating, you know, the what they would do and how they would carry on and, uh, and, and, and their mannerisms. And we would copy that. Uh, and it was just, you know, like I said, you know, it would be baseball 24-7. And, uh, and, and it gave us something that we wanted you know, to accomplish. We wanted to go from little league to high school to be, you know, playing at that high school field to try to be the next Randy Sterling, you know, or, you know, all the other great players that came out of this program, um, or then try to go ahead and emulate trying to be a professional baseball player with the many players that came, you know, through Key West, Bruce Souter and Wayne Cage and and the list goes on and on of guys that uh, were just good players that you'd never forget that came through uh, Key West and the um, and 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 in our city, but through professional baseball. So it always gave us something to shoot for, and always gave us something that we wanted to, you know, to in, to inspire and to one day reach those levels. I, I find it really funny when you think about it. So you're growing up in, in Key West in the 60s and the early 70s, and there's no doubt in my mind that you then watched more baseball than probably your players do today, and, and your players today have all the technology in the world to watch every single baseball game all the time, but back then, because you were in Key West and you had that opportunity, you were probably watching baseball 300 nights a year, I would assume, almost. Oh, absolutely, one thousand percent. It just never stopped. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we would just, you know, ride our bikes. Uh, you know, we were, you know, ten, eleven, twelve years old. We ride our bikes, or our parents, or, or in my case, uh, multiple times, my uncle and my grandfather, who uh, who never knew what baseball was <laughs> until I started playing baseball back in the day because they they worked so much. Uh, would would take us to uh, to Old Wickers Field, and we would go to baseball games every single night uh, to see the Cubs play or the Sun Caps play. Uh, and when they were on the road, uh, we would revert back to the uh, Peter Dopp Field, uh, which is a little league complex, mm-hmm. and we would be there every single night. And when 
pro teams would come back in town, you know, for a homestand. We would be there every night, and uh, and it was just it was just a great great experience. But you just couldn't look forward to you know that evening, no matter what you were doing, whether you were in school, uh, if it was a weekend and you was at the beach or you were riding your bike around the island. You just could not wait, you know, for six o'clock so you could head out to the ballpark and see these guys taking batting practice, chasing baseballs, and uh, and then waiting for the game to start that evening. That that's so exciting because you know I think sometimes when you're that age, the great thing about all of that stuff is like the game that you have that night feels like the most important game in the world that night. You know, and, and when you get older, I think as a coach, you really can never put too much into one game. But when you're a kid, it just seems to me that it's like when you have that Tuesday night game against the Elks Club, it's like the biggest thing going on in the world at the time. And, and nothing ever really replaces that. Absolutely. That's why I was never really a good student, you know, because I couldn't pay attention as a teacher because I was already figuring going three for three and, you know, hitting a home run or, or, or pitching a no hitter that night instead of uh, doing my multiplication tables, you know. I, so, I get it. So, so, you know, but, but absolutely it was just, it was just, it was just part of your life, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, and for some guys uh, that really, you know, gravitated to this. Uh, this is how it was when, even when you was in high school, you was in high school and, you know, uh, you were just playing cause you love playing. You wanted to, to, to excel. You wanted to win. Uh, you wanted to, to go play at the next level and have a chance to go play in college or to get drafted. Um, and that was pretty much all, all that you, you thought about, you know, and, and work for. Um, and, and those were, you know, and, and there's some players like we have today, we, we're getting more guys to understand that, uh, mm-hmm. that process of, 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 excelling, working hard, um, and then, you know, grabbing onto that education, which is so important today and winning that, you know, that scholarship to go play at the next level. Um, you, 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 we're, you know, we're, we're getting to, to that point where it's so important and so beneficial to uh, to our players and and of course financially it's um, very helpful to the parents for their children to continue their education and them keep playing baseball absolutely I can speak firsthand from that um, so you go into Key West High School and like you said before your coach was uh, Coach Tuffingen. Is that how you pronounce it, Coach? Yes, Otto Tuffingen. Yes, Tuffingen. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. He was also the basketball coach. Who was that? Was he all? Did he also coach basketball there? Not to my knowledge. Okay, uh, I only knew Coach T. We used to call him Coach T. Oh, that's gonna be much uh, easier. When I went me. there, mm-hmm. uh, I went to Key West High School my junior year. Mm-hmm. I, I was my my freshman and sophomore year. I was at uh, Mary Immaculate, which is today is the Basilica School. Yes, sir. And then I then I transferred uh, to Key West High School my junior year. Uh, that's when the sports had kind of came to a stop at at Mary Immaculate, and uh, and I had uh, and Coach T was there. Coach T was there in the late '60s, and uh, and Coach Defenjen was uh, a very very a very very good coach uh he was uh, a, a a fundamentalist he was a disciplinarian um you know everything with coach t was you know uh defense 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 and uh you know we we didn't hit much 
but uh, his teams were very disciplined on the field. Um, you even had to run a mile in six and a half minutes before you could mm. even try out. You didn't have, you couldn't run a mile in six and a half minutes. You couldn't try out. Um, I mean, he had standards, he had structure, uh, which, you know, for some young people and in the beginning, you don't really understand that. But as you get older, um, uh, you really appreciate the lessons and, and what he, uh, what he stood for. And, uh, and he was a very very accomplished coach, a winning coach, and um, and he was uh, he was quite a coach. Coach, you talk about Mary Immaculate, and and in my research, you know, you guys were sort of a mini powerhouse for a lot of years. Basketball teams were very good there. Baseball had some excellent baseball teams. Um, what was that experience like? You, for, I'm sorry, what was that experience for you? And why did you choose Mary Immaculate as a freshman instead of Key West High School? Well, uh, I actually went to Mary Macklett, uh, when I was, uh, mid-year in the sixth grade. Uh, my mom went ahead and, you know, made the decision. Uh, I want you to go to, to Catholic school. I want you to go to school over there. Uh, I want you to get that, uh, Catholic education. Um, and of course, you know, when you're young, you don't understand You say, well, mom, I don't, I don't, you know, I want to go to, you know, to where I'm going to go to school, which the next step from for us from elementary was HOB, which was sixth grade. Uh, but you know, I lost that war, and her mom <laughs> that I was at Mary Immaculate, which uh, I really, really uh, took a liking to. Uh, we had uh, great, great basketball. We had a, it was it was such a, a neat little community. Uh, at Mary Macklet, we had basketball, uh, we had uh, football, which Bill Zumries uh, was a football coach, another disciplinarian, very structured gentleman. Um, and then uh, he also was a baseball coach, too, but I played in the youth leagues. But then my freshman year, I, uh, I had went out for the for the team and uh, and I made the team there and uh, and we played I played freshman at uh at Mary Macklet in my sophomore year at Mary Macklet and uh and I knew at one point I would be transferring over because we also used to have in our youth leagues the uh, prep league which mm-hmm. used to be played in at the pony league field which would end after um the um high school season would come to an end and uh and uh, we would we would play probably about Sean probably about maybe about ten twelve games, and then we would go away and play in the All Stars mm-hmm. uh, and represent Key West for that fifteen to seventeen seventeen to eighteen age group somewhere in that vicinity, and uh, and you know and and I was playing with guys like Brooks Carey and these other players from the high school and uh, and some I knew some I didn't know because I had played with the other guys at uh, Mary Immaculate. And, um, and then when I was going into my junior year, um, after a couple of years at Mary Macklin, you know, I became very good friends with my good friend Brooks and, you know, and these guys and it says, you know, you got to come over and play with us at the high school. We need you to come over and play with us. And, um, and, and then, you know, right away, um, sports was coming to an end at Mary Macklin, which was a shame. And, uh, you know, and fast forward today, now they're getting back into sports, mm-hmm. which is, I'm, I'm so happy to see that at the Basilica school that we're having sports again, um, uh, that, 
I made it easy for my mom because my mom knew what my goals were to, you know, be a good student and try to get a scholarship and continue my dream of playing baseball. And, you know, and, and she says, no, you have to, because this is what you want to do. And I wish you'd say it, Mary Macklet, but you know, it, it just made it easier for me to be able to leave Mary Macklet when the sports came to a halt. And then I started at, uh, and moved over to Key West high school, which was, which was vastly different. Uh, but, uh, but it's just been for me, it's been a blessing and, and, and just a great blessed, uh, childhood and going through the stages of the little league to, you know, Mary Immaculate to, to Key West high school. So when you were at Mary Immaculate, um, you guys made some postseason runs there, your freshman and sophomore year. Yes, we did. Yeah. We, we, we did. We came, uh, when I was in the eighth grade, I, I was not a part of that team. I was still playing in the Pony League. Um, if my memory serves me correct, they were Class A, 1A, single 1A. They won a state championship mm-hmm. in baseball. Uh, and, you know, you had play, you had some great players there. I remember still to this day, you had the catcher was uh, Richard Moore, who his father was a very uh, well-known, famous doctor in Key West, Dr. Herman Moore. You had uh, Tony Fawns uh, played first base. You had uh, uh, Tony Valadares, whose father, Arthur Valadares, owned the bookstore on Duval mm-hmm. Street. Yeah, uh, I remember that place. There. Uh, he was a shortstop. You had uh, Dennis uh, Butler. You had Harry Chipchase. And then you had a pitcher that was a, that was a, that was a horse uh, named David Hernandez, David Biro Hernandez, who David was, you know, a, a workhorse. Uh, and he was a junior that year, so uh, they won the state championship with that group of guys. Uh, and I think the year prior to that, they even won a state championship in basketball, mm-hmm. in Class A basketball. And I remember going to those basketball games as well. Uh, and then my freshman year, I was able to uh, to play with some of those guys that won and were part of that state championship team, which really helped me to grow a lot and to uh, – say wow you know I, I really have to get a little bigger and stronger and i have to and then of course playing on a big field like the old workers field um it, it was really just a, a great challenge and uh and kind of really opened my eyes to what i had to, to try to accomplish to get to my high school goals and like talking about mary Maggie, a lot of people don't realize how strong of athletic programs that they had during that time right before they really stopped doing sports but you move on to key west high school and you go right back into that same type of postseason run as a junior you guys actually lose in the state uh semifinals to leesburg two to one in nine innings what are your memories about that Oh, I remember that like it was yesterday. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I remember that like yesterday. I, I never forget that. We uh, we got to Leesburg there. You know, we had, you know, Brooks Carey was our was our senior guy and mm-hmm. everybody looked up to Brooks and uh and Brooks that year had some some back pains and uh and he uh was off and on uh, with his back pains, but when it came down to ball games that we had to uh, to win, uh, Brooks was there, you know, take a, a Bayer aspirin and go pitch and and go out and get the job done, and that's what Brooksy would do. Uh, we we have a, a pretty good season, and we get all the way to that first round there, and we go to Leesburg, and, and, and 
never heard of it. Uh, we get there and they have some pretty big boys. And uh, in the uh, in the field, it was raining uh, prior to the game, and they had the field, uh, you know, a little bit wet. They had some places there where they had some uh, blue tarps and some logs on top of there, and they had to clear all of that out through hay. And uh, and uh, they were some big country boys <laughs> on that team. <laughs> I remember myself and uh, and is one of our players. Uh, Richie Pazza, we were trying to pick up one of these logs that was thrown on top of one of these tarps. And, you know, I was kind of struggling with it a little bit. And this one guy comes up and he says, boys, let me get that for you. And he picks his damn log up like nothing. And I said, damn, that was nice of that coach. And he says, I'm not the coach. I'm the first baseman. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) And I said to myself, God almighty, we're in trouble, you know. But they they had a magnificent pitcher. Uh, by the name, and I still remember to this day. And of course, he wound up playing professional baseball. His name was Roger Holt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roger Holt uh, was a shortstop pitcher and threw pretty hard. Threw you know from like the three quarter slot, and um, we uh, we we battled these guys. Uh, I remember my first at bat, he hit me in the elbow with the ball. Uh, I went after chased him actually out to the mound when he, when oh, he hit man. me and uh, everything calmed down. I went to first base and these fans were crazy. And then in the fifth inning, I came up and got a base hit and tied the game one to one. And uh, and it was just a heck of a game. And we go nine innings and uh, they get a little single and uh, and beat us two to one up there in Leesburg. But it was a it was a great 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 run. Uh, for the team, for us, and uh, and just learning how to how to compete, you know, at a high level, and especially against a team like Leesburg that year. You know, Coach Enriquez, you were you were always been a coach that has stressed the importance of lifting weights and and having your baseball players lift weights all the time. Maybe the genesis of it was that game when that first baseman lifted that log so easily. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty impressionable, you know. I mean, he was a he was he was a he was a pretty pretty big guy. Yeah. And uh I mean, he was just a big old country boy and uh and I told I remember telling Richie, man, that's really nice of that coach and he says, I'm not the coach. <laughs> I love that. I'm the first baseman. <laughs> I said, boy, we're in trouble tonight. Oh, you know? man. I mean, this this guy this, this this young man was a big dude. I mean, he was he was built like a you know, like a man. You know? I, I get it. I think all 160 pounds of me, if, if that was if I weighed that much, uh, this guy had to been well over 200 pounds. But he he was a man. I mean, you could tell he's already been shaving and everything. We ain't <laughs> a razor off face yet. Yeah. This guy tells me I'm the first baseman. I'll never forget that. Well, you guys fought hard, two to one, nine innings your yeah. junior year, but then coach your senior year. A new coach in town, Coach uh, Pedro Fraga, takes the helm. What was that like for you? Oh, it was it was fine, good with us. Coach Fraga is a great coach, mm-hmm. uh, a gentleman, and he had been involved with the program. So for us, it was a very easy transition. It wasn't somebody new coming in. All the players, you know, knew and loved Coach Fraga. Uh, coach Fraga was uh, Coach T's assistant coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and he had been around baseball forever, uh, Coach Fraga. So, you know, for us, it was uh, for all of us, not just myself, for all of us, the whole team. We all knew Coach Fraga and, and his history and, uh, and, and 
being our coach as well. So it was a very easy transition uh, coming in and playing for coach. And then, of course, you know, my introduction. Uh, and then he had brought in uh, Sidney Markenberg Kerr. And uh, we uh, loved Bird. Uh, and he stayed with us in Conk Baseball for years and years and years and even wound up being our statistician and being a part of my staff when I became when I came back mm-hmm. and, and started coaching here in 1994 as a head coach. Uh, but Coach Fraga was was great to play for. Very good baseball man. Learned a lot from him. And uh, and so, like I said, Sean, from the beginning of you know at the age of seven years old, I have always been blessed to have great coaches and great men. Uh, teach me baseball, but also teach me about discipline and responsibility and, and the commitment and being loyal to, uh, to our teams. And, and that's something that is so, so important to young kids today that if they can look up to all of their coaches. And this is something that, uh, that I did other than, you know, the way I was raised and brought up by my family, but just the way baseball is, you know, you, 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 you develop an affection and a, and a, and a sense of loyalty, not only to the sport, but also to, to your head coach. Yes, sir. I mean, we're in a very unique place in the Keys. And I think part of that is, is if you live in Key West, there's really these days, there's one high school to go to. If, if you are interested in coaching baseball in Key West, there's one high school to be at. So there's a competition, you know, there's a competition amongst the coaches, amongst the players, because you guys, we don't have any options to go anywhere else. And I think that that brings out the best in players and that brings out the best in coaches, because you and I both know when we talk about South Florida baseball, if someone's not happy at, at a particular high school, then it's very easy easy for them to move. But because of our unique situation, our players, our coaches really don't have that option. So you got to get better and you got to work harder and and you have to do the best job that you can. And I think that's definitely a good thing for us. Oh, well, it it definitely is. I mean, you know, when you look at it, uh, the camaraderie, uh, these kids play little league together. They go from one program to the level program from little league to pony league together uh, you know, they, 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 they're there all the time. They know each other. Um, then they go to high school and these guys, you know, make all these transitions, uh, together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they now get to the high school level and now they have to compete a little bit. And I mean, and, and you look at, you know, our situation this year at Key West high school, which is, which is a good one, but a tough one. Uh, our pitching staff this year is probably the deepest pitching staff that I think we have ever had or without a doubt, uh, the deepest, uh, I've got, you know, five, six guys that could pitch that could probably go to a lot of high schools, um, and, and be the Friday night guy, the Saturday night guy. But, uh, Sean, you know, we have guys, like I told them, I said, guys, you know, in the beginning of the season, we're going to go with a piggyback system, which means I use two guys per night. One guy will throw, you know, four innings. Um, somebody comes in and pitches in the back of that, uh, fifth, sixth, seventh inning, get nine outs. Uh, sometimes we use three pitchers, like last night uh, in our game. But the thing of it is, is you guys have to go out and earn innings. Uh, how do you earn innings? By going out there, throwing strikes, pitching ahead in the count, uh, putting up a zero on the scoreboard, 
uh, your mound presence, uh, all of these factors go in uh, in, into, uh, into, into, into earning your next opportunity. And, you know, and it's hard because I've got, I've got guys on this team that are, you know, that are, have, have committed and signed to, you know, the Indian River, uh, Florida, FIU, USF. You know, I, I've got you know, guys that, are, you know, uh, that have just signed to Division One schools. And then you've got other guys that, you know, have committed because they're underclassmen. And, you know, and you're saying, man, that's, that's, that's pretty deep. And, and it is deep, but it's a great thing for the program. Uh, and it's also very good for them. And I tell them why it's good for them, because when they do go to college next year or the year after next, and they have 21 pitchers that are also on some kind of scholarship or with the way college's baseball has gotten with this transfer portal, um, you know, you got to go compete at 18 years of age against a 22-year-old man. Uh, and, and if you don't know how to compete, you're not prepared and you can't handle, you know, competition or the pressure, you know, you're going to fail real quick. So, you know, it, 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 it makes it tough uh, in the sense that you are 17, but you know what? It's only a matter of months before you're going to jump, you know, into a, a massive fire. And you better learn how to handle that and be able to compete because this is what you're looking at. And this is what makes it really tough. Uh, for for young guys going to big schools right out of the chute mm-hmm. because they're 18 and they're competing against guys that are 22, 23 years old that, you know, have been redshirted, have had an injury, have been in the transfer portal. They got an extra year or so of eligibility because of COVID. Uh, a lot of factors go in, but it's a big difference with the mindset and the physical development of an 18 versus uh, a 22-year-old man already. I, I agree with that. Um, I know firsthand the experience is going through as, as a freshman, leaving high school, you know, being the star player and then going to college and really having to compete and really having to make this realization also is you're not really playing for Key West anymore and you're not playing for that team that you grew up loving and worshiping. You're you're sort of playing for a business and you have to do what's best for you and, and work your hardest. And it's a tough transition for a lot of players to make coach well it is and you know here you know here you know our kids and and there's no better place in the world for me and and to say uh, you know what key west is one of the greatest places to raise your children and key west has changed a lot you know from being a small little you know blue collar town now we've come more transitioned into into business and to uh the hospitality and tourism and, and that's you know you know that and and we still have the fishing industry, which is, you know, our, our livelihood here and uh, in the Keys. But it, it, it's changed so much. And the thing of it is, is that, you know, we 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 protect our kids so much and rightfully so. And, and we could do a lot of things here in Key West that you can't do in other cities and big cities. And when these kids leave Key West and they get past that seven mile bridge, you know, they're not going to have that that guidance or that hand holding or or being well let me call uh this person to help out and see what, what's going on or let me talk to this one and you know the, all of that goes away you know and and it's up there it's you know there's no you know personal relationships with with college coaches uh, mm-hmm. depending on the program you go to because their job is to win they got to keep alumni happy 
they have to get in, uh, in, in playoffs. They have to get in ACC playoffs, SEC, get regional bids, uh, because this is what this is what they have to do to keep their job and food on the table. Yeah. So, you know, they're going to be looking every year, finding who's the better player, who's the better catcher, who's the best shortstop, how do I improve my leadoff hitter? Uh, so you as a player, you know, you're, you're, lo- you're looking at every year going to play college summer ball, weightlifting, uh, getting with the right people that are going to help you with the player development, uh, making sure that you as a young person have your grades in order, uh, making sure you know how to act, uh, staying out of trouble, don't get into things that are going to, it's going to slow down your progress. Uh, and develop, you know, that kind of reputation for yourself as, you know, as a great player, first-class citizen, and, and and that anybody would love to have this guy on the team. And this is the kind of things that I talk to my guys about uh, in one sense. And then in the other sense is, is when they leave Key West High School and you go to a college that we're able to help assist you to get you into, or if even if you win the scholarship and you got it on your own, uh, whatever way it happens. Uh, just make sure you represent our program and our community, yourself and your parents in a first-class manner, because you're going to have guys coming up behind you uh, that may be guys that we could have a relationship with a certain school and we could pick up the phone and tell the coach, hey, coach, I got this young man, you know, so-and-so played very well for you there. This young guy is, is, follows the same suit can is there any chance you could take a look at him? And, uh, and sure, Ralph, not a problem. Why? Because, one, the guy that you sent to this coach uh, had helped him win, had helped him be successful, had did a great job of going to school every morning, uh, passed uh, his classes well, graduated. And, you know, and then you build that relationship. So even the guys that leave here, uh, we tell them that they still have to have that responsibility of their representation of Key West in our community and even for their own personal uh, development uh, because if they don't, it could hurt these young players coming behind them because then you can't call a certain coach or call a certain school because we didn't have a good experience or with it because you failed there. So it's important. Sean, that these guys understand, you know, what's at stake, the dynamics and the uh, and the depth that goes into this. Well, coach, I could say personally that you've done an excellent job with that, because wherever I go in the world and I talk about Key West or everybody mentions Key West baseball and what a first class outfit that is and how great the players are and and what what kind of great men are produced from that program. So I know during your tenure, you've definitely made that work. But let's go back to you. You know, your senior year at Key West High School, um, you're part of three straight no hitters. You beat your old school, Mary Immaculate, 16 to one. And you also, for the first time in, in Key West High School history, play against Marathon, surprisingly close, five to four, you get the win. Yeah, yeah, that goes back sometime. That was, you know, that was quite a, uh, a game. I remember vaguely that, uh, you know, I mean, like I said, Sean, back in that era in, in, in the seventies, um, you know, a lot, you know, we still had a lot of, you know, uh, local families, whether it was Key West, Marathon, uh, you know, they they just that's that's we didn't have a whole lot of other options other than. Uh, you know, we didn't have computers. We didn't have, you know, iPhones. We didn't have all of this 
other stuff that sometimes can be a distraction uh, to to students and to to athletes because they spend more time on those things than they do you know in a weight room or on a baseball field. You know, uh, you know these devices. Uh, you know they get uh, I guess addicting to these kids um, and. You know, we go back to that era uh, of my senior year. Uh, we we really played a lot of baseball. Uh, it was just a great, great year. Uh, we didn't get as far as we did our junior year. We 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 had some tough, tough teams there coming out of Miami. There that we had to get through. We lost a couple of really tight, tight ball games there. Um, you know, we had some very good young pitching that year. Larry Davila, he was one of the, you know, matter of fact, uh, I was at Indian River, which was my next stop after Key West High School, and uh, Larry wound up, he was even drafted by the Phillies out of high school, I believe, uh, and he wound up going to Indian River uh, and pitching there for Coach Mike Eason, uh, who was my college coach, uh, and, um, and you know, and that goes to show just another path that I was very fortunate to have played for a coach like that, uh, Mike Eason. Uh, but you know, the thing of it is, it's just, it just, you know, like I said, it, it was just something that just happened for me and always being, you know, with the right coach, the right players, the right team. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and it, and it just really made it really easy, uh, just to, to be around them. And, uh, and also these guys also help make you better as a player and as a person. So for me, it's always been a blessing to have been around baseball. In 1975, when you're a senior, you already said that you you go to Indian River. What was the recruiting process like for you then? Well, Coach Fraga uh, had called uh, Charlie Green at, at Dade South, and mm-hmm. Coach Fraga had his uh, his contacts because Coach Fraga played junior college baseball at Miami Dade North for the legendary. Uh, Demi Maneri, who Demi was a legend, you know, they say, you know, not they say it is, Ron Frazier was the godfather of college baseball, him and Ron Polk. Uh, and, and Demi, without a doubt, was the godfather of junior college baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many guys came out of Miami Dade had, you know, there were superstars in the major leagues. Absolutely. Uh, Coach, Frag, Coach Fraga played for at, at Dade North, and then he went to Florida State. Uh, so he had con- his contacts as a player and as a coach already, a young coach because it was his first year. Um, you know, I could have, I was, I went to uh, Dade South uh, to play for Coach Charlie Green, uh, and I, I did not. I chose not to. Uh, and then uh, Coach Braga had also had recommended me to go to University of Miami, uh, which was not the right fit for me because I, I don't think I was ready to step into that because Coach Frazier had, you know, that was Coach Frazier's uh, era of mm-hmm. just uh, University of Miami was on a whole different level of, of, of baseball uh, than everybody else because he was just so far ahead and advanced of everybody and building Mark Lightfield and having the first uh, AstroTurf uh field uh for high school i mean for college baseball you know he was a, i think his nickname was a wizard he was he was amazing and amazing and fundraising and motivating players and and coach ron was just very special but for me it was it, it went back to saying okay what am i going to do here 
you know, uh, you know, Charlie Coach Green is a very strong disciplinarian. Uh, okay, I'm okay with that. I'm accustomed to that. I've grown up with having great coaches. We know what it is to work hard. Um, UM was not for me at that time because I don't think I was ready as a player uh, to go to the University of Miami and, 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 and compete there. I, don't, I, I didn't think in, in self-evaluation – uh, that was not a fit for me. Uh, and I'm kind of wondering and saying, okay, what are you going to do? You got to do something. You got to go somewhere. And, uh, and thank goodness, uh, we still had the prep league that I talked about earlier, which was a, a summer program through our city that we would play in. And here it's August and I still have not Sean made a, a decision. I already knew that, um, University of Miami was out for me. I was not prepared. I'm not prepared. I just wasn't really good enough at that time at 17 because I graduated at the age of 17, mm-hmm. at the age of 17 to go compete at University of Miami. I, I just knew that I was not ready. It wasn't that I wasn't confident in my skills, but I just knew that that was not the right fit uh, for me. Uh, so I go to uh, with the Prep League All-Stars to Tallahassee uh, that summer in 75 and I'm playing there uh, in a tournament and a young coach uh, by the name of Mike Eason who was one of the hitting coaches at Florida State Baseball uh, comes up to me and he says to me he says hey my name is Mike Eason Uh, I just got named a couple weeks ago the head coach at Indian River Community College I'm going to go build uh, this program um, you're the only player that I'm have had time to recruit. I've seen you play, but I guess you're going to go to one of these day schools and play at, right? And I said, no, sir. Uh, uh, I could go to Dade South, but I haven't really committed to that. Um, you know, and I could, you know, go ahead and, and, and try to get into the University of Miami, but I'm not really ready for that yet. And, um, uh, and he says, well, that's pretty smart of you. He says, how would you like to come play for me at Indian River? And I'll give you books, tuition, and housing paid for. And, uh, and he says, you know, I, I don't know the players I've got coming, so I don't know how many games we're going to win. But I can promise you the next year we'll win the games. And I said, okay, sure. So I gave him my phone number and my address. And uh, lo and behold, I got my uh, my letter of intent there, signed it, and uh, and couple weeks later i was driving to fort pierce <laughs> and uh and, and it was just like he scripted you know our first year we maybe were lucky to win 18 19 games had some pretty good players um but it, it was not you know his team uh coach eason that 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 year uh with his contacts and and pro scouts uh put together one hell of a team the next year and uh, and he uh, we wound up winning about forty games, and we lost the playoffs uh, by a half a game to uh, Demi at Miami Day Four. Uh, but we had a hell of a year, and then that year, which is the second year in '77, uh, that fall, uh, that winter, excuse me, uh, in the winter draft, I got drafted uh, by the Cleveland Indians in the second phase of that draft, and, and I chose to sign that year. So now you're off. You've done your your junior college and you get drafted by the Indians. So you probably did you think at that time, all right, a couple of years in the minors and I'll be in the big leagues. 
Honestly, no. Okay. Honestly, I, I wasn't even that far ahead yet. Uh, it was just for me, it was, uh, uh, you know, it reverted back to what I wanted to do, which was just play baseball. And, and it reverted back to me to the days of Wickersfield and seeing these guys playing in the minor leagues. Uh, I, 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 you know, to be honest, Sean, you know, and, and I watch every Saturday at my grandmother's house the game of the week. It was a big thing, uh, uh, telecast Saturday baseball game of the week. And I would, and I would, and I would watch the, the, the game of the week. Uh, and, uh, and it was just, and it was just, um, uh, you know, uh, like a ritual, but you just never, never that I say, I'm going to go play in the minor leagues for three or four years. And then I'm going to get to the big leagues and make the big money. Honestly, I never, never thought of that. I mean, that's what today's players think, mm-hmm. you know, because of social media, people with fancy cars, a lifestyle, all of this stuff that really gets blowed up uh, through social media and the way people think today. Uh, back then, when I was at, uh, at at Indian River and the scout that signed me, his name was Leon Hamilton, um, Sean, that wasn't even a thought. The only mm-hmm. thought that I had was, I want to play baseball, and where am I going to go play at? Right, and, but, right, and 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 in the big leagues, even in my first spring training in Tucson, Arizona, when I was nineteen years of age, here, and you have about three hundred minor leaguers, and you're in camp there uh, with big leaguers, and and I remember my second year in spring training, I was there, and I remember seeing Boog Powell there. Mm-hmm. Boog was from Key West. Mm-hmm. He was over there. Um, Bobby Bonds, Barry Bonds, his father, Barry Bonds was yep. Bobby Bonds was one hell of a baseball player. He was on that team in Cleveland, and and looking at these guys, and and the crazy part is, not once did I ever say, God, I can't wait to be in the big leagues. You know, it was mm-hmm. only, I want to go, I want to play baseball. Just it was just that simple. Uh, and it wasn't like today where, you know, kids put a timeline on themselves, they get drafted, um, you know, uh, in, in high rounds, first round, second round, third round, fourth round. Right. And I know because I've coached, you mm-hmm. know, so many of these guys, mm-hmm. uh, and some have made it, some have not. Uh, however, it's still just for me, it was just go out and play baseball. I didn't care where I was at, you know, and, uh, and, 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 and that was, that was something that I think the mindset has changed obviously because everything and, and, you know, and in the way we live today has sped up so much. Everything yes. is so fast. Well, coach also probably back then, um, you know, we're talking 77, there were probably a number of major league baseball players that had to have a job in the off season. The pay wasn't, <laughs> wasn't where it was today. So, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, bonuses were not, you yeah. know, we were lucky to sign up. If you signed a, if you signed a, 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 a a ten thousand dollar bonus, man. Mm-hmm. You were rich. Uh, you were <laughs> right. in the big leagues, and uh, and and you played in the major leagues. You, you you were lucky. Only a handful of players, you know, had, um, you know, contracts worth one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars a year. And I mean, I, and I'm talking, and I'm talking only a handful, yeah, uh, of guys. So a lot of guys uh, back in in my time, uh, you're absolutely right. They, in the off season, they had jobs to come back to. They had, um, you know, they they just did a multiple types of things, 
they were, you know, somewhat celebrities, but without a celebrity bank account. Right. And they would come back from the hometowns, and a lot of them were car salesmen. They would sell insurance, and they would use their name and their status as a major league player to uh, to get, you know, to get sales and make money. <laughs> right. Uh, because they had to do that, you know. But as a, as the years went on, it got better. I remember, uh, if I'm not mistaken, one of the first or the first million dollar pitcher. Major League Baseball was Wayne Garland, and uh, and I remember Wayne because uh, he was with the Cle- Cleveland Indians, and uh, and I remember him down in the bullpen one day throwing up a bullpen session when I was down there catching pitchers in the bullpen during spring training, and everybody would look at this guy and say, "My God, he's a millionaire! My God, he's a millionaire! He has a million dollars!" <laughs> you know, but that goes that goes back you know back into the late seventies, you know. Mm-hmm. So those were those were the that's, that was a mindset than today you know hell i think today bat boys make a million dollars <laughs> they probably do you know? yeah. <laughs> so you know it's it, it doesn't it, it's not much today but um it's just a it's just a whole different world today it is so coach did you stay with cleveland for your whole minor league baseball experience or did did you go to any other teams no i uh, i played with one other team uh i played two years in the indians organization i played in the Batavia, New York, uh, the New York Penn League, and uh, and then I was uh, going. I went back to spring training, and uh, and it's a funny story. I uh, I was in spring training, and uh, and about the last week of spring training, uh, I was I was there battling uh, for for a spot on the roster uh, in high A ball uh, with. Uh, um, and, I, and I know you're going to remember the name, uh, Sal Bando, mm-hmm. uh, famous third baseman broadcaster mm-hmm. for the Cubs. He had a brother uh, that was a catcher uh, that was playing at uh, Arizona or Arizona State. He was a draft pick uh, by the by uh, Cleveland, and he was he was much older than I was. Uh, you know, I was you know turning 20 years old, and this guy was. 21, 22, maybe even 23 years old because he already had played four years of college and it was the following year. So he might have been 23, 24. He was about four years older than I was. And um, and they drafted him. He came into spring training and it came down to him and I, uh, the ones who was going to make that roster on that spot there to play for Cal Emery. Uh, and, um, and he got the job there. And uh, so they really didn't know what they were going to do with me at that time. And, uh, our farm director was Bob Quinn jr. His father was a very big name in major league baseball, Bob Quinn senior. And, um, and he told me, he said, Ralph, we're going to look at, see what we're going to do here, what we're going to do. Cause we need to keep you around because you're still young. You still haven't really hit a, a big growth spurt, you know, and becoming, you know, filled mm-hmm. out and, what have you. And back then there was no weights or, you know, the weight rooms or anything like that. Cause we didn't have that back then in that era. Uh, so you just, I just wait to hopefully grow up and gain weight, you know, yeah, <laughs> and become an adult, you know, and you know, some people mature, uh, physically quicker than others. And, uh, and Bando was a pretty stout type guy, uh, and much stronger than I was. But anyway, he, you know, Bob is the one that kind of 
opened my eyes a little bit about coaching and I had gotten really sick uh, the last week of spring training and uh, had some some type of food poisoning and uh, it was really bad. And uh, Bob comes to me and he tells me, Ralph, uh, I think we're going to go ahead and uh, send you to uh, to one of our programs that we're going to have in you know in the fall, uh, excuse me, in the spring, and then um, we'll go ahead and look at it again and and kind of keep you on a reserve list. And uh, and I said, okay, what does that mean? He says, well, I'm not gonna, you're not going to be on a, you're not going to be rostered. Uh, you could uh, you're not doing physically well. You lost a lot of weight, but I, I, I do want you to keep this in mind. And I said okay. And he said, um, I think you should consider going into coaching. And I said, what? And he says, yeah, I think you really should consider going into coaching. He says, there's something about you that um, that just gives me the, the, the impression that you're going to make one hell of a coach. And you should consider going into coaching and, 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 and letting it start here. Uh, and I said, Mr. Quinn, uh, I, I want to play baseball. And he says, I understand that, but this is just a, 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 a thought that has come into my head that I'm presenting to you and something that you should think about. You know, I was 20 years old, for heaven's sakes. And, you know, and I didn't, and it never, and it never, it didn't stick with me. And, uh, and of course, I went from Cleveland to uh, being sent by him to go play for a, uh, a co-op club in, um, in the New York Penn League which is a, a, a mm-hmm. class A league uh, in New York. I played in Newark and had a pretty damn good season there. Uh, played with Don Mattingly and a lot of the guys from the Yankees and Brian Butterfield and uh, a lot of guys and, and did pretty well, you know, uh, with the top 20 hitters in the league. And, um, and then the next year, uh, I got optioned out again to go play in North Carolina in Rocky Mount, little small town there in the Carolina League. And then I, uh, I injured my ankle, and uh, and that was and I was in for that, you know. Uh, and then never thought about you know coaching until much later on uh, in my career when uh, I said, you know what, uh, maybe I should go back into coaching or start coaching, not go into coaching, start coaching, and uh, and then I, and I did. I, I started at the Little Pony League for. Uh, uh, Mr. Padrone, who was a contractor, who had come to me and asked me, Ralph, why don't you go ahead and coach my team? And, uh, and I said, I don't know. And, uh, and I did. And then from there, I, my, my career just started to, to grow as I was doing that and finishing up my college degree. So, Coach, this is about, I would say, what, 1980, 1981-ish? Somewhere, somewhere in that vicinity. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, yeah, somewhere in that vicinity. Uh, no, a little later than that. Okay. A little later than that. Yeah, it was a little later than that. I'm going to say this was, uh, now that I recall it, Mr. Padron was building. He was a contractor, and he had built a lot of those units there across from George Meyer football field complex there. Uh, this was in, like, in the late 80s, you know, like 80, 88, 87, something like right in there from maybe a year shy here or there. But that's when I started uh, in the Pony League coaching. Uh, the name of the team was TCI, first team I coached. The cable business, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I coached that team while I was, uh, while I was you know, going. And then and, and what it did do for me, Sean, was I said, you know what? Um, you, know, you know, Mr. Bob Quinn was uh, 
was correct in what he did in his assessment back then when I was 20 years old about going into coaching. And I said, but if I'm going to go into coaching, I'm going to need to get my degree. And I only had two years of junior college when I was at Indian River. So, you know, uh, I went back uh, back to college uh, here at St. Leo's and at Florida Keys and some online courses um, and finished and got my degree in business and uh, and did that. And then, you know, one thing led to the next. Uh, I wind up uh, starting my coaching career here as an assistant coach uh, for Chris Valdez, who was the uh, head JV coach because uh, mm-hmm. I had moved uh, to Homestead. And then I had come back to Key West uh, with my wife and my two children. We lived in Homestead for about a year. And um, and then when I came back to Key West, uh, I was a bus driver uh, for the school district, driving a bus and working you know, a couple of different part-time jobs around Key West. And then, uh, you know, Chris Valdez is a, is a, was the, the, a... a, a uh, a permanent substitute at Key West High School, very young Chris was, mm-hmm. and he was also the uh, head JV baseball coach. And Chris, one day when I'm w- working as a substitute and driving the bus for the different programs at the high school, um, he uh, he asked me, he says, would you like to help me coach the JV baseball team? And I said, you know, sure, I'd love to, but, um, you know, my schedule is pretty tight because I do this, I work part-time, at uh, one of these local stores here, and then I'm going to the college at nighttime. Uh, but I'd love to, and uh, and I did, and that's how my my coaching career really started. To be honest with you. So, coach, this is just to assume about eighty eight, eighty nine ish. Somewhere, yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. right right around in there. I was still getting my my degree and working, getting my business degree from St. Leo's, and uh, and uh, you know, and it was and it was and it was just really you know. I mean, you want to talk about starting from the bottom up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that that's about as bottom as you could get, right there. With the way I started out, and uh, and I drove a bus for football, for baseball, uh, any programs. That's and and then I would substitute, and uh, and I and I worked for a whopping fifty dollars a day. <laughs> you know, the sub pay. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. So and- you know, so so you know, I did that, and I did uh, work that couple of other department stores in the evenings and on weekends and going to school and you know and, and it was just uh you know and, and those were good times those were you know tough mm-hmm. tough 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 financial times back then but you know what it made you learn a, a lot uh nothing was given to you uh you know and, and i remember riding a bicycle from old town all the way out mm-hmm. to boca chica to get my to finish my degree you know so it, it goes way back in time, but, uh, you know, I, I reflect upon those days and, and I tell people, you know, you know, you guys say you want everything given to you. How about mm-hmm. going out and earning it and working for it? Uh, you know, and, and I know times are different, uh, but still, you know, you, you want, you want to have that concept that, you know, that you're, that you, that you've gone through this, um, and, and it makes you a stronger person and it prepares you more for the world today. It really does. Well, fortunately, you know, a lot of these kids do have sports in their lives because it's one of the very last places 
that has that kind of thing where sometimes you have to make it undeniable. You have to earn your spot. You have to keep your spot and you have to be disciplined in order to be successful. So thank goodness for all the sports that we offer here in the keys, because it's, I think it's one of the things that still keeps the kids focused and teaches all of those things that you're talking about. Absolutely. I mean, that's, 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 that is the, uh, the vehicle that keeps kids, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think we have about 600 plus kids, uh, in Key West high school involved in sports. Uh, and I think our, you know, student population numbers probably close to 11, 1200. So you could safely say that 40 plus percent of the students at Key West High School are involved in, in, in a sport, baseball, softball, football, lacrosse, tennis, cross country, track, uh, the swimming team, the golf team, uh, wrestling, uh, it just go, the list goes on and on and on. And, and, and it's such of a great, great, uh, thing to teach kids, uh, to get them involved, teach them about competition, uh, teaching them, you know, about striving to be successful. Uh, and I think that that, but those lessons there carry on into their education, carries on into their young adult life, carries on into their work life. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and it's just so, 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 uh, such of a big thing. I and I tell this to my classroom, uh, every, you know, not every day, but every year when I'm teaching that, you know, uh, many years ago, several years ago, uh, the Fortune 500 and the Forbes magazine had did this article uh, on uh, CEOs and uh, of the top 500 companies in America. And and it was back then it was like, and I'm sure the number is higher today, but it was like back then it was like 35 percent of the CEOs of the top Fortune 500 companies all had played sports in high school or in college, and they attribute their uh their success in getting to that level was through sports because it made them be competitive people and wanting to be the best and 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 then of course being successful and building you know no matter what they did their you know their 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 motto was you know was to be the best and that's what drives them to work every day and build companies and, and stay being number one uh, because it's got that drive that you learn as an athlete, you know, to win. And, and that's what, you know, American companies want. And that's what coaches want. They want players and employees that want to be number one. And that's what it's all about. No doubt about that. And that's the end of part one of the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap podcast with Key West High School baseball manager, head coach, Ralph Enriquez. Next week, when you guys get part two, you're really going to hear about going to Key West High School, going to the state championship and losing in 94, winning two in a row, 95, 96, and where his career went from there. So thank you guys so much for listening to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap. Come back uh, next Thursday to hear part two.